Hello everybody, welcome back to Elder Geeks Game Club. This is episode number 31, and we're talking about Dear Esther. My name is Steve, and with me as always is my buddy Phil. Phil, how are you doing this evening? Very good, very good. How about yourself? I'm doing great, thank you, man. Yeah. I, I like when you ask me back, that's nice, thanks. I try, I try to be polite. <laughs> I appreciate it. And in the background, you can hear him laughing there, is Mr. Randy. Randy, welcome to the show, how are you doing? Thanks, man. I love that. I love that every week it's Phil is with you as always, as though he's even with you when you go into the restroom. <laughs> yeah, like, just going to refresh your coffee. I am in there. There's Phil. He's I, right I here. Actually, um, I, 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 I tap his tip for him when he's done. In the restroom. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> always, always take a spotter, guys, for all you people listening at home. I don't want him to get his hands dirty. I don't want him to get his hands dirty. I'll do it. I'll do it for him. You, you fall into those kind of vocal <laughs> rhythms when you're doing like an intro kind of thing and Phil's with me as always and I don't know it's yeah. just I've been saying it for 31 episodes now so I might as well keep I going I like it I like it he's there in case you know you run out of sugar for your coffee Phil's there as always and he's got extra sugar for you I do <laughs> see you you said a good that, that's nice what you said I, I'm getting sugar the, the thing I come up with for myself is terrible <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is, if this is the first time you're joining us for the game club, uh, the way it works is this. Um, the three of us will decide on a game, and we'll play it over a couple of weeks. And then we get together and we have this uh, discussion about it as a podcast. It's kind of a book club uh, format where we just kind of give our thoughts and our, our, our things we liked, things we didn't like. We kind of dissect the game a little bit. It's not really meant to be a formal review by any stretch of the imagination, Um it is what it is. Um, this time around, like I mentioned, uh, we played the game Dear Esther. Uh, and I'll give you a little background on that game right now. Um, Dear Esther is a first-person narrated interactive experience. It's set in a 3D world. Um, just get this out of the way early in the show. I'm just going to call this a game. Um, we, we'll probably, at, <laughs> some, at some point, we'll probably debate the um, ins and outs of how much of a, a game it the is. The gaminess of it. The gaminess <laughs> of the game, but for the sake of, of just not having to say what I just said, yeah. which is narrated interactive experience in a 3D world, I'm going to just call it a game and, and stick yeah. with that. So bear with me. Uh, it was developed by The Chinese Room, uh, which is made up of uh, Dan Pinchbeck and Jessica Curry. Uh, those are the two kind of principles of the company, uh, as I understand it. Um, and it was first release, uh, released in 2008. Uh, it was a Half-Life 2 mod uh, built on the Source engine. Um, uh, while they were uh, attending the University of Portsmouth in uh, England, uh, they developed a bunch of mods um, using Source, and they were student projects, and this was one of them. Um, and then what happened was the, they received a grant from the Arts and Humanities Research Council uh, to convert it into a full standalone game. Um, so they teamed up, and I don't really, I couldn't find really any information on how this happened. But uh, Robert Briscoe, who was a former Dice employee, uh, joined up with them, and he did all the level design for the game. Um, I guess he's, I don't know if he's officially part of. Um, right. the Chinese room or if he just kind of was working with them but so he did all the level design and then uh, a guy named Ben Andrews um, had done a bunch of concept art um, which this was then based on um, and about I'm not sure how far through the project but they they uh, exhausted their budget 
and they turned to something called the Indie Fund uh, to get the rest of the money uh, so they could complete the project. Um, this was before the days of Kickstarter. No. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, well, well th- yeah. it was 2009 when they, when they started. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 2009 to 2011 was was while they were developing the standalone version of the game. So yeah, I guess it kind of. I think Kickstarter was around, but I don't think it was quite as common. Yeah. Um, because I remember hearing about it like a few years ago being used for uh, film projects and stuff. Right. Um, so anyway, the indie full uh, uh, indie fun people uh, they were a little skeptical at first, uh, just kind of getting being told the premise of this this game, uh, and then they started kind of playing it and actually you know seeing it and and then they were sold on it and they and they funded the rest of it um so the game got made it was released on steam um in february of uh 2012 uh and so within six hours of it being released the game sold sixteen thousand units and they right there were able to repay the uh, fifty five thousand dollar loan they had gotten from the indie fund so that was pretty cool yeah, i thought that good. like pretty much uh, paid for itself right away. And then after a week, that was six hours. Right. And then a week later, they had sold 50,000 copies. So it did quite well. I believe it launched at, was it $10 or $14.99? I don't remember. It was, I think it might have been $14.99 initially, but then I think it's down to 10 bucks now. Um, As of July 18, 2012, the game had sold 250,000 copies via Steam. Uh, and that was largely due to being a part of the summer sale. Which uh, was, what was it then? Like three bucks? Uh, Probably like two fifty. It was two forty nine, and then the version I got was I think three something, a little just under four dollars, and that included the soundtrack. Okay. Hmm. Um, so uh, the soundtrack is um, well. I'll get to that in a moment. The game is narrated by a uh, voice actor, uh, Nigel Carrington, um, and the soundtrack was written and performed by Jessica Curry, who is one of the principals of uh, the Chinese Room. Um, mm-hmm. The soundtrack had been released for free originally um, when the game was done as a mod, and then when they did a uh, the full version, it was put up on uh, Bandcamp and Amazon and iTunes, I think. So it's also out on Spotify, so if you have Spotify, you can check it out on there as well. Um, it's quite good, quite good. Uh, the, it got mostly positive reviews, uh, though many uh, debate... Uh, whether or not to calling it a game is fair. And again, we can talk about that in a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) And it won the Excellence in Visual Arts Award at the 2012 uh, Independent Games Festival. Uh, And then as a result of its success, um, the the Chinese Room, they they also developed a game, I don't know how to say it, Corsacovia, uh, which is a survival horror Half-Life 2 mod. Mm. Um, Seems kind of similar. Uh, and then through that as well, they have now been picked up to develop the sequel to Amnesia. Uh, they're developing Amnesia, A Machine for Pigs, uh, which is due out sometime in 2013. They're also developing a game called Everybody's Gone to Rapture, uh, which is kind of seems to be like a spiritual successor to Dear Esther and that it's presented the same way. Uh, okay. But the difference with this one is that there's going to be a lot more interaction with the environment. Uh, and there's also going to be other characters in the game that you'll also interact with to kind of have the story um, uh, uh, reveal itself to you as you mm-hmm. as you go through and interact with these people. So, so, that, uh, one, so that one's actually going to be a game. <laughs> well, I mean, it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be very similar to Dear Esther. So, but it's gonna, you're going to be able to click on things. I wish in, you could have saw one, my so troll smirk. 
<laughs> well, with that, um, so I'm really, mm. I, I'm really looking forward to everybody's going to Rapture. I read a little bit about it. I didn't play the first Amnesia. This game has kind of made me want to play the first Amnesia just so I have a bit of a setup for this new one because now I really want to see what they're doing with a machine for pigs. Because, um, well, let's get into our thoughts on the on the game because that's kind of where we should go. Yeah. Steve, who's going first? Well, I just read a whole bunch of stuff, so yeah, uh, I want you guys Steve to go first. Steve should take a break. I'm That's drink. what I'm saying. I think he should call. Who goes first? Well, all right. I'm going to have – I want Phil to go first because uh. I want what Phil says to get Randy worked up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I don't have too much to say about the game. Uh, it, it's hard. First off, when you talk about the – it was really $15 when it came out. I mean, $15 for that to me is – it's almost like a crime. But – uh. Um, I don't know. I don't really, I'm, you know, I was, I've been trying to sort my thoughts out on this game for the last few days. Um, you know, I played through it one time. It took me about an hour and 15 minutes. So, you know, I knew going into this, this game that you're literally just walking and you, it's a virtual tour, basically, you know, um, and I guess it splits off and some people will have slightly different experiences if they go different ways. Um, so I had my experience, and by the end, I didn't want to have another experience. I didn't want to go see what else had to be said about the story. Um, so, all right, so this game, what it's presenting to me as the player is a story. Um, and this story, you know, I understand stuff is up for interpretation, but by the end of it, I was just like, well... Maybe I'm stupid or something, but I just thought, well, I don't really know what happened. And I didn't feel any kind of connection with, we. I mean, we're going to spoil it. At the end, your dude jumps off a tower and he turns into a fucking bird. Um, <laughs> no, <I know. laughs> um, and then you fly away. So, um, you know, I'm, I, as the story goes on. And Randy, you can jump in and correct me on any story bits that I get wrong, or Steve. No, 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 go, go. Um, I'm, I'm gonna toss in my two cents when you're. But done. before you go too much further, I just want to fact check. It was released at 9.99. I'm okay. sorry, I, I was wrong about that. It was never 14.99. I just looked that up real quick. But proceed. Still a lot of money, but all right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I'm the bird. So I win the game, and I'm like, all right, well, what happened? So now I'm trying to piece it together. I get like, okay, I guess. Uh, I must have died maybe in this car accident or, and maybe I'm traveling through my life right now. And then at the end, I, I finally go up to heaven. I'm the bird. And then I said something to Steve and Steve was like, well, I, don't, I didn't take it as you were dead in the car accident. Took it as you thought his dog. Oh no. I knew he did not die. I, I said to Steve, I wasn't sure how my, how your guy was dead, but. Um, Steve said, well, I, I assumed it was his daughter that died in the car accident. And then I said, well, I thought maybe it was his wife. But then it's like, well, maybe he... I don't know, man. I just... The story was a little... Con like, I just feel like I didn't get anything out of it. Like, hmm. uh, you know, I'm trying to piece something together here, which I understand, and that's cool. And I and think, you know, certain things should be up for interpretation, but it's so, like, vague, and they're throwing these character names around, and it's just... I don't know. Maybe, like I said, maybe I'm an idiot or something, and it and it just went over my head. But 
you know, for that, for this game, for this story to be, it's, I mean, this is it. This is what you are paying for this story. Um, I don't know. I didn't really get anything out of it. Now, I guess you could say, you know, I pay, you pay for like a book of poems and you get a poem or whatever and you, you take away whatever you want from it and you go, that was a beautiful poem, you know, and mm -hmm. it's different for everybody. Uh, I guess maybe the game is kind of maybe being presented in that kind of way. You know what I mean? But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I guess, I don't know. Maybe I guess it just wasn't my thing. Um, you know, I think it looked good. It's a good mod. Like, graphically, it looked good. It obviously scaled pretty well. I played it on a, a lower-end machine, and it still looked good, and it ran good. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I understand why it doesn't follow video game conventions, like, you know, there's no puzzles in it because they don't want to hold up the pacing and they want people to get through this thing as they walk around and they don't want anyone to get stopped and they don't want to introduce, like, bad, like, why is there going to be bad guys, you know, so there's not, I understand why these things don't exist. Um, I guess, you know, is this an interesting way to tell a story uh, in this medium? I mean, I guess so. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I... Uh, well, when I think of it like that, I mean, I don't really know. I can't think of any other way. I mean, I guess there's other ways you could present this story. Yeah, like a, but a choose your own adventure book. But like the experience you have in this story, in this in this world, and and the way you go through it. I mean, at the end of it, I felt like wow. Like I can't imagine having that story told to me any other way. Right. But that was my my feeling on it. Was was that uh, the way it's presented. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but no. I mean, and my big takeaway, and like I know a lot of people like this game, and you know, they're just like, oh, so great, so great. And like my takeaway with with that attitude is just like I feel, and you know, this is like my big thought here. Uh, I feel that people are so desperate for video games to become something more than what they are that they are accepting anything that's a little more mature as like this is this is great you know what i mean so i don't know i don't know if i care for that mentality anymore i used to be on board with that but on that train i used to want you know video games to be something more than what they are but then at some point in my life i realized well i kind of like video games the way they are and i like them to be dumb things where i'm blowing something up or punching somebody in the face now i'm not saying <coughs> video games can't be more than that i think they can be maybe uh, that's just not meant for me as a as a player as somebody mm -hmm. that just wants to play well games. and i think that kind of comes to the the discussion as to whether or not you consider this to really be a game or not i mean it's a game i mean you push buttons and there's a beginning and an end yeah and but what's what's the consequence i mean there's no i killed myself twice I died. just to see what happened i jumped yeah. off a cliff to see what would happen and then i drowned myself to see what would happen and i don't know you could get lost not if you handed that game to someone that never played a game before, they could probably get lost. I suppose. <laughs> I you guess. can't die in Prince of Persia games. That's true. However, I mean, really, I, I guess really the only consequence for not performing well in Dear Esther is that you're not going to get to the end and find out. Right. You can't die in Epic Kirby. S Kirby same, thi Yard. same thing with Prince of Persia. <laughs> the only consequence of dying is not finding out. How There's no. There, you do right. get a, you do get achievements in Prince of Persia though if you get all those little, <laughs> if you get those little glowing balls. So that's something. 
I that's guess. only the new Prince. That's only Prince of Persia 2008 <laughs> that you can't die in. You can die in the other one. No, I know. Yeah, I know. you can <laughs> die in the old one. I'm just <laughs> kidding. In the first one, you could die a lot, actually. Yes, yeah, so you do die a lot. Yeah. So Randy, I just play. I just. Play, I'm sorry. I just played Kirby uh, Epic Yarn. You can't die in that. You just lose points. Yeah, no, no yeah. Die. can't die in Star Wars Lego games or any Lego game. No, really. you, you can't just die blow in up and bits yeah. bits fly everywhere. You lose All points. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, you make but, it. Go ahead, Randy. That we make a point. No, you make I a good point. I mean, uh, that that that's a good counter. I don't, I don't really know what what to say to that. I mean, I I feel like it's still a little different with this with this experience than than that. Um, this is. I kind still of, think it's a video game. I mean, it's a video game. I feel like it's it's like a. It's more like uh, watching a movie or or something like that. Only the difference is is that you're actually in it and you're able to kind of control yourself moving through it and the pace at which the story is presented to you by the way you move. I don't feel like there. Like if you're playing Kirby, there's still like a reason to jump around and collect shit and and you know kill enemies and and do stuff and that makes that a game. Whereas I don't know. I don't think of this as, as being a game. I feel like this is a, an experience. It's a story that uses a game engine to present itself in a way that, you know, stories aren't usually told. And I you like know. it. I, and don't get me wrong. I'm not, uh, I haven't really given my full opinion. And I, I don't mean to be cutting in on Randy. But, I mean, I, I loved this. I loved Dear Astra. I thought it was awesome. I, I just had an, a great experience with it. But I don't really feel as though it's... Hmm. It can be considered a now, true video well, game. Well, here's the thing about tr- I was I was thinking about this uh, the other day too. Thinking about like, is this what you know? What's a true video game? And I started thinking about, I started thinking about things that were passed off as video games that maybe you wouldn't consider video games. And I and I wish I looked up what I forget what old system it is. But there was this old video game system where when you you hooked it up to the uh, TV, I think the Angry Video Game Nerd actually did an episode on it. Um, you hook it up to the TV and it's literally just a light. And you just you have this f- freaking knob, and you just spin, you just turn the knob, and the light just flips all over the place. And the different games are you literally overlay a piece of paper on your TV, and the light shows through, and then you move the light through like some maze or something like that. And it's like, well, you're not like, is that a video game? There's no, you know what I mean? Like you're not, there's nothing video gameish happening, but they pass it off as a video game, mm-hmm. and. I don't know. It's a video game. You're still controlling something, you know? There's no consequences. I could make the light go out of the maze if I wanted to. You know what I mean? This is probably a bad example, but I was just trying to think of things that no, people no. passed off as games. There was another thing. Um, I had this game. I didn't actually have the game system itself, but there was another game system called Action Max, mm-hmm. uh, and I had a couple of the, of the VHSs that went with it, um, which I wish I didn't get rid of because they're kind of cool collector's items. So the Action Max is basically a light gun machine. Um, and you put VHS movies in. Mm-hmm. Those are the video games. And um, there's something in the machine or whatever that when shit's flying around on the screen, they have, like, balls on them, like dark spots, and you shoot the gun at the screen, and you will get points, but they will not alter anything that's going on. You know, there's like right. zero interactivity. Huh. That's a video game, and I, I, nothing I, I is happening. You know, that one. Well, I mean, you get points though. So. You get points, but <laughs> like, th- I mean, you're not doing anything. You're not. <laughs> I mean, but you know. Also, so, what's the objective of Dear Esther then? The objective of Dear Esther is you. You. They show you the objective the minute you start. They show you that tower, and you're like, "Well, I gotta get up that tower." Okay. I gotta get it. So. 
that was my thought. I was like, I gotta get to that. I wanna. I wasn't sure that was where the game was gonna end, but they showed me the tower. I thought, well, I want to go to the tower. Randy, and then as I got closer, I was like, well, the game's definitely ending. <laughs> go ahead, Randy. You got something to say? Oh, I got lots to say. Um, kind of going back on the whole like point about where you're making, where you're talking about, well, you could get points. I remember even back when I was a kid, there would be a lot of you know, yard or uh, schoolyard arguments over what would be constituted as a video game based on whether or not the game gave you points. The Legend of Zelda didn't give you points, and you also kind of continually go back in and play from where you, you started before. And I, I remember there were a lot of kids that were pissed off at that back then, saying that Legend of Zelda wasn't a video game because there were no points, there was no, like, you know, you did it in multiple sittings, and the same thing went with, like, Dragon Warrior. Um, so the whole points concept, we've kind of filtered out of our system probably in the mid 80s even even early 90s as as like a prerequisite for what kind of constituted for a game um and uh god where the hell was i gonna go from there there was something else i wanted to, i wanted to counter as well shit i'll just sit here and swear for <laughs> i i mean i i know what you're saying i i see that point but at the same time there's kind of become a resurgence in that in that every game system now and every game most of the games within them themselves have achievement systems and trophies and stuff like that so i feel like points are still mm. points are still something that people care about just in a different way I care have you about played points. have you played the game um journey i have yes yeah what is the difference between Journey and Dear Esther aside from light platforming within Journey and this? Uh, you can't die in Journey. No, no, no. no. I, and I, I agree with you. Actually, I thought about Journey quite a bit as I was playing this. So I think that's a fair comparison. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. I mean, uh, I don't know. Playing Journey, I don't know how much I considered that to be a real full game experience. Really, any of the games that those guys make, uh, I kind of have gone back and forth in my head as to how much of a game I actually consider them to be and how much I just consider them to be an interactive experience that also tells a story. And that's kind of how I, I feel about uh, Dear Esther as well. I would, I would definitely consider them as a game, but I, think that, but I think it's because of the really shitty semantic choice that we decided to create everything and call everything video games. Mm -hmm. You know, everything that is a digital interactive experience is called a video game. And we have this this notion in our head that the word game equals fun equals points or objectives or equals um, overcoming some type of obstacle to get from point A to B. Mm -hmm. And in, in order for like the genre of video games needs to work, we need to like kind of stop thinking of it like that way. It's almost like think of like sports. There's plenty of sports that you could probably see on ESPN or ESPN2 that probably aren't athletic events at all poker pool bowling and all that kind of crap There's, but they're still considered as sports to a lot of people hmm. i mean sure some people could debate whether or not they should be shown on espn right, but the reality right. is they are i don't so, consider them sports <laughs> okay but there but there are plenty of people that do. i know i know and, and, i know and, and, and you're, not, you're not an athlete when you play poker no and you're not an athlete when you play golf either golf <laughs> and you're not an athlete when you're involved in esports either so I, there's that, that whole like you'll get, argument you'll as get well. no argument from me there so <laughs> There's no athletic competition, yet we call it an e-sport. No, I, I, um, I think, well, and, and that's a whole other topic. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's a definitely, uh, you have to differentiate sports from games. Right. But I, I, think, I think that we're just, we, we have this problem of kind of getting, you know, hung up on semantics. I think it is still definitely a video game. Is it a game 
No. Mm-hmm. Like, is it is it a toy type game? No, it's not. But it is still a digital interactive experience, mm-hmm. and therefore it should be kind of tossed under the video game umbrella. Just like, just like if you were to read a book of poetry, it's not the same as reading a fictional novel or reading, uh, um, a, or or or. Or reading anything by Michael Crichton or something. Right. No, I, look, but I, there's, I absolutely agree that it's under the same umbrella. I just feel like it's way, way, way on the outside of the umbrella. Like, it's got half its shoulder out in the <laughs> rain and, like, <laughs> like a foot in the puddle. <laughs> I, I don't. I actually think that it's all still part of the same thing. It's just that we've been... The easiest thing for video games to be doing with themselves is to kind of create these objective-based games. To kind of scratch one of, one of two itches. To, to either be a skill-based kind of thing or a bloodlust kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't mean that in like in the very literal no. like shoot, shoot, kill people, but I mean like the overcome challenge to get to point B kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's kind of the, the narrow focus that we've been going with with video games so far. And that's kind of like if we only made Michael Bay movies in, in the film industry, but we never ever bothered to create romance movies or the buddy comedies, or or anything else. Like we we've pretty much only done like two genres of video games, mm-hmm. and and here are companies like like the Chinese Room, and and I would say uh, uh, Tale of Tales, and and uh, that game company who are making games that are outside of these norm genres, and I think they're doing a good job. Are they going to be awesome? Like, are we going to look back on them and be like, oh, that was the most surreal experience of my entire life? No, but at least. They're trying, and I think that they're succeeding pretty well. Um, yeah, I think that's really all I want to kind of say about that. It's I think that we, we need to stop arguing as to whether or not it is a video game. It is a video game. Mm-hmm. It's just not of the same type of genre that we've been used to playing for the past 30 years. Um, that's really that. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Um, well, what do you but, think I mean, of the game? What I mean, I loved it. I, I absolutely, I had a really, really great experience. I mean, I found it to be, um, uh, it, it's rare for something like this to kind of like affect me as I'm playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I disagree completely about the story. I mean, I, I think that the story was great. I think it was told in little nuggets and as you kind of go through the world and explore, uh, I just love the way it, and again, spoilers, guys, we're just going to be going all out, so... If you haven't tuned out yet and you don't want to be spoiled, uh, th- that's my last warning. Uh, you know, it starts out and you're seeing, you're on this island and you don't know what's going on. This guy's just kind of like, it starts out real vague. He's just talking to this Esther. You don't know who that yeah. is. You're seeing things around. You start seeing books about um, chemistry. Uh, you start seeing cans of paint just and just random things in the world. And then as you kind of progress through, you start seeing his, you know, his artwork that he's been doing while he's been on this Island. And, uh, <clears throat> just, uh, I thought it was a really great progression all the way through. Uh, and, and as it went, I found myself just being more and more compelled to keep going because I wanted to see where this thing was headed. Um, I felt as though that, you know, the story, uh, while it was kind of, given out in dribs and drabs i think i pieced together enough where i kind of had my feeling on what it was about um and i don't know if that's right at all well what tell me what you thought it was about i thought it, okay so at first i thought it might have been let's his compare dog. notes See, it's I, the book I, club. i'm not sure what his what this guy's <laughs> relationship was to esther um 
I don't I know. I took it as wife. I took it as I wife. took it as wife or daughter. I wasn't sure. I started leaning towards wife, though, um, after a little bit. There's a really, really great thread, by the way, about the story discru- discussion, uh, breaking it all down uh, on the Steam forums. And I'll be sure to put a copy of that in the show notes. And maybe, Randy, if you want to throw it in the YouTube comments uh, in that yeah. description area as well. Uh, I think it's worth reading if you've played this game. Um, they've really done a lot of uh, uh, kind of dissecting things as far as the story goes um so i took it as him he he was related to her either there was it might have been wife or spouse is kind of where i was leaning towards because he says things about how like you know when he met her mother and then like and he talked to her mother about the day she was born and everything and that that kind of the way he spoke about her at that point i thought maybe he was her father but then he said Mm. something like and then when i finally met you so that to me is what made me then think that he was probably uh, her, her spouse. Um, also, he said something about uh, mailing letters home to their to their home and wondering mm-hmm. if uh, they were just piled up on the porch at this point. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of got on board with the idea of it being his spouse. Um, so this guy, is, it's just his guy, and he's gone to this island for whatever reason, and he's just been like living there like a hermit, um, basically, and he's been just completely gone insane obviously he's lost his mind with grief um it's unclear as to what happened exactly there was a car accident involving this other guy named paul um mm-hmm. it may or may not have been a drinking and driving right, accident. right that's the other thing you don't even know if it was the lead the main character a- may or may not have been in the car with her when the accident happened but ultimately right. what happened was esther was killed in this car accident um and right he kind of starts talking about these other characters. He stole a book from a library that he read by a guy named Donnelly. Um, later in the in the story, he then starts calling Esther Esther Donnelly, which makes you wonder if this character's last name is also Donnelly. And then maybe so maybe he's been just found that book because it had the same last name, and then started projecting himself into this writer. And he he thought of this writer as someone who was his friend that he was having conversations with. But really, he was probably just reading the guy's book and being insane. Um, then there was uh, Jakobsen. Is that how you said it? It was yeah. spelled Jacobson, yeah. but I believe he pronounced yeah. it Jakobsen, who was this guy who had lived on the island. He was a sheep herder. It, it seemed like at one point this island had been like a, like a leper colony or something, uh, and people had been diseased living there. Mm. Um, I don't know about that. Hmm. that that's just kind of what I interpreted. And again, I feel like a lot of the story is open for interpretation. And I, that's what and I that's really. That's what I really liked about it. That, again, yeah, I agree with you completely. That's what I liked about it too. I liked that at the end. I felt like I had this experience. Um, like I said, it was very moving, um, especially towards the end, as he kind of just he's reaching his goal, and which is to throw himself off this tower. Whatever happens after that with the bird, I don't. I mean, that could all just be metaphorical. You know stuff. Which I'm uh, sure, which I'm sure it is. Right. When I know. said he turned into a bird. I didn't, well, I mean, I didn't no, 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 no. But I mean, there's also the op- <laughs> no, no. But you, you made a good point. Like, there's also a possibility maybe he's already dead, and this is just some sort of like purgatory or something. So then, right. I think that's more of what I took it as. Yeah, by the it, way, was right. that he was already dead. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it could go either way. Really, it, it could be either one. Um, and I and I kind of took all the stuff he was seeing as almost like flashes of his life, but like mm-hmm. decrepit mm-hmm. versions of things in his life maybe that was his house at one point you know that, what i mean uh may, yeah i don't know i mean that one scene when you fall into the water and then you're just there at the car accident right mm-hmm. i thought it was i mean that uh, which 
By the way, I played through it twice, and I did not get the car accident twice. Oh, really? Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, That's one time cool. I actually got an operating table and no car accident. And what happens at the operating table? It's the same thing. Like, nothing really happens while you're actually with the car accident either. You right. just kind of... Right. I remember That's I was, true. like, looking through the cars to see if I could see anything, mm-hmm. but, but one time I actually fell into the water, and, and I don't know which version I have recorded for the YouTube version, by the way. Oh, okay. But there is one time I fell in, and, and I'm just looking at, um, looking at an operating table, which might have been his death by the hands of these kidney stones that he also kind of referred, oh, yeah, you know, speaks about, about a lot. Stones, right. Right. Yeah. And then there, you know, and the whole, like, like you were saying about how it could possibly be him reliving through, uh, you know, him living in purgatory and him reliving metaphorically his life, just the whole caverns and all of the, the calcium buildups and all that right. kind of stuff within the caverns could have been a strong metaphor for his, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for his kidney stones. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, you could take it either way, and, and and again, like you said, Randy, that is kind of what I thought was so brilliant about this is that you know uh, it, it it reminded me, and not just because of the island, but like of Lost in a lot of ways. Mm. I, I got the Lost vibe too. Actually. In that, yeah, in that you could, uh, <laughs> in, in that it just was the story, and and at the end of it, it really was up to you. I'm not going to spoil Lost at all for anybody listening, so don't don't worry about that. <laughs> I think we've already spoiled Lost on this. No, show. We no, we no, chose we, not to. We chose not to. Oh, we did. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, I will never spoil Lost for anybody because I feel like if you haven't watched it yet, you owe it to yourself to sit down and crank through it. And, Which and I would say that ending is not. Were you going to say that ending is up for interpretation? I, I think some people not. interpret it the way some they wanted to, and that's fine. Yeah. I I felt for me it was a very clear ending, but some people right. interpreted it differently. And if that's what they want to take away from it, then I'm not going to have that argument anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not. It's true. just not worth it to me. And if people want to take what they want from it, that's fine. And that's how I feel about the Esther. It's it's there the, the um the thread I mentioned on the Steam forums has some really compelling stuff in it. Um, I would definitely recommend people check that out if you want to if you've played the game or if, or after you play the game if you want to kind of delve into some different opinions and ideas about what's going on. Um, did you guys? How many times did you see the ghost? A bunch of times. I was going to say you told me about the ghost. I didn't see the ghost at all. I saw two different ghosts. Okay. Apparently there's saw, six in the game. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll tell you the two that I saw, and then if you know of any more, you know, feel free to add sure. in. Go but, ahead. Uh, there was, there was, well, no, that's that's a lie. I think I saw three different ghosts, but I think two might have been the same one. Okay. There's, a, there's a point when you're, you're, and of course none of these I've, I've captured in my, my video playthrough, so I don't think people are going to even be able to see it. It was the second time that I actually saw the ghosts. But um, as you're walking up the hill and the cabin on top of the hill with the with the sun backlighting behind mm-hmm. it and everything like that, the first time or the second time I played through it, I saw somebody skittering in front of it. Okay. And then when I got to the far side of the cabin, you can see into a cavern across across a chasm, basically. Mm-hmm. And I saw um, a guy in a cloak and like a derby mm-hmm. and like a lantern turn around and walk back into the cavern. Nice. Okay. Cool. I and didn't see that one. There was another ghost that I. This one you might actually be able to see in my YouTube playthrough, but uh, there was there is somebody, um, like near the very very end, who is actually standing on the top of the cliffs, looking down at me as I'm walking along the beach, and I keep looking up at him or her, and it looks like a her, and I'm like, I want to see what that is. I want to see if that's actually a person when I get up there. Mm-hmm. When I get up to that point, that that person thing is not. Is there this anymore. is this by the fence when you go up the the ladder at the end? Yes, I, I have a so. I have a perfect screenshot of them that I took. Um, oh, really? When I, I got up there, and I'll post it in the on eldergeek.com in the in the post for this episode of the podcast. So if you're listening, head over there and you can check it out because I did I did manage to catch a pretty clear as w- you can't really make you out like much. A, of, you were like on a ghost adventure. 
I, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what adds to the whole, like, purgatory yeah, cool. theory as well. Yeah. Because like, ghosts aren't really real. Well, no, know, yeah, but, but uh, see, I was, see, you guys are saying purgatory, and for me, it was just someone who lost their mind. So, for me, it was mm-hmm. like, sure it was like hallucinations. Seen, right. So, either way, I mean, but, again, it's all open to what... I The first time I saw it, and I didn't take it as being a ghost when I first saw it, I was just like, holy shit, there's someone else on this island. Like, I was... the part awesome. The part when you're down by the beach, and the boat, the big ship is like washed up like destroyed on the beach that was where i died i tried to go on the boat oh really (laughs) (laughs) i walked down there and i was kind of exploring around the boat and um and i just looked up and there was a a, off in the distance there was i had seen another path that went out along this cliff and um i didn't go that way first i decided to go down and check out the boat first and i looked up and standing on the edge of the cliff i just saw what looked to be a figure and i was like huh okay so i walked all the, I backtracked very slowly because you move very slowly in this game. I backtracked all the way back up to the, the road. And then it was really interesting how they did it. And I, I liked this a lot. Like I kind of I, – I had my eyes on him and I wouldn't take my eyes off him because I was like I don't want to lose this guy. And then you get to a point when the only way you can go up, it cuts – you lose your line of sight on him. And then when you get around <laughs> that corner, he's gone. That's clever. And that same uh, thing happened when at the end the other time I saw him, which was when he was up by the fence um, – you know, I managed to get a good shot of him, but then when I came up around the other way, he was no longer in your in your field of vision, so you couldn't awesome. you couldn't get to him. Um, huh. That's awesome. So yeah, I thought that was a really nice touch that they put that in the game. I, I thought it was cool. It just added. I found this game to be very creepy, at least in the beginning. Yeah. I think yeah. I think when I came out on the other side of the cave, uh, and it was nighttime, and the thing with the paper boats. I think at that point it stopped being creepy for me, and I think at that point I was just feeling really sympathetic towards this guy, and I just, you know, prior to that, I was kind of having this vibe like I didn't know what was going to happen. Like, I was like, I'm waiting for some, like, weird shit to, ha- like, something really weird to happen. Uh, because right. you're you're totally alone. Like, mm-hmm. you are 100% alone on this island. Yeah. There's zero, you know. Uh, I, I, I don't even know if you actually see any seagulls at that point, do you? Uh, I don't remember any from that point I on. Think so, no, man. I only very like early. There's that one part when you walk into the first building that's part of the um tower. Yeah, and you see some bats kind of come. They out. come out of the toilet, and like for a second, yeah. your camera. I, I'm like pantomiming this to to my webcam, so no one listening <laughs> is going to hear understand what I'm doing. But you kind the camera kind of moves back for a second, like you lose control, yeah. and it's like your character reacting to something popping out in yeah. front of you. And that was kind of like the only like. I wouldn't even call it a scare moment, but mm-hmm. I guess they could have gone down that path throughout the game and they chose not to. Um, yeah. So, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was just, uh, I just had a really great experience with this. I really did. And I, I'm definitely a total fan of these guys now. Like I said, I want to check out Amnesia just so I have a point of reference for playing uh, Machine for Pigs. Amnesia is totally different than this game. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, I don't. I, yeah, I, I, I know enough about it to know that it's not anything like this. But um, yeah. I just want to see what when I go to play, because I'm definitely going to play Machine for Pigs. I'd like to know what happened. In you want to see what, yeah. their, what their stamp is on it. Y- exactly. Yeah. And the everybody's gone to Rapture, I think, sounds... Cause I think that sounds great because there are things about this that I agree. Like I wish, I wish, and I understand why none of this stuff is there because it really is them controlling the pace of the game and kind of controlling the way you interact with it. I wish you could have picked stuff up. You know, I see, I would see the chemistry books and I wanted to like look at them and yeah, and I tried to pick things yeah. and play with them times. and and I wanted to, I would have loved to have been able to jump. Because even if it was yeah, even if it was to like just discover more about the story and not necessarily for like a puzzle aspect, right. to just 
investigate a little exactly. bit more. No, I know? agree. Like, yeah, exactly. You pick up a book and maybe somebody's name on it. There's like a, an entry in there or something. Yeah. You know? Right, right. Or like a picture would fall out or something, right. you know, just yeah. a little bit more. I, I'll, I'll say that that was my one complaint about the other game. And my other one complaint about the game was they really desperately need an auto walk. <laughs> like yeah. my, my my left index finger was like or my ring finger was just killing me I, I ended up like just holding my pen on my keyboard as i was like walking forward i was thinking put like a paperweight on there and yeah i i they it needs an auto walk real bad you know that is i think that's a big down downside for the game i mean for me like yeah you don't get to pick up anything and just kind of discover that sort of stuff on your own and look at stuff like it really is almost like a tour, you know, like you're walking. Or a museum and, guy. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you're at the museum and you hit the landmark and it's going to read whatever it says, you know, like, and that mm-hmm. was what I guess I found very not gamey about it. No, no, gamey, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing with you. <laughs> I, I, but I guess that's, that's why I just didn't really like buy it. You know, okay. That's the, yeah. I mean, t- the world was beautiful. It lo- yeah. I mean, it's and really the music. I don't know if we commented on the music. But the music is really awesome, and I did. The music was really awesome. I felt bad that I didn't buy the soundtrack. <laughs> well, it's on Spotify, and like I said, it's a, it's a bunch of other oh, places cool. you can check it out. That's um, the thing, though. I don't know if I want to listen to it. Uh, I listened I to do. it a bit at work, um, just because yeah. I was trying to pick music for the episode. Uh, I don't want to be sad. It's well, yeah. Don't <laughs> listen to it if you're like if you're already in a bad mood. I, I don't really suggest putting it on. Definitely, yeah, put you, something else on instead. Um, but no, it's it's great music and it really really works beautifully with the story and the narrator. I mean, we haven't really said much about him. Uh, the vocal performance in this game. Yeah. I mean, obviously it has to be a huge huge part of it. And this guy, I I don't, I did a little poking around for this guy. I didn't really find out much about him. Uh, just an amazing job. I mean, mm-hmm. the, yeah, he nailed it. The emotion in his voice towards the end uh, when he starts kind of losing it about Paul right. talking about you know blame and all that stuff. Uh, you know, there was there was actually a time, and, and again, this is in that thread. There, uh, it was a little while where I was starting to think that this guy was Paul, hmm. and that maybe he just had a re- either he had a relationship with Esther, or he was just either just guilt ridden over the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, but because uh, he talks about an incident where he went to meet with Paul and blah blah blah, and, and you know. It, it could have been just him having a conversation with himself, but again, that's all that stuff that's just kind of floating out there, and it's just you can kind of draw whatever you want from it, and and uh, I think that's a really interesting thing about this game it, it is I, I think it's probably its biggest strength. Uh, aside uh, yeah, from, I'm actually, I'm, it's funny because I like I find that as we're sitting here talking about it and seeing what it, what we all think or whatever, like I'm becoming more interested in it. Almost <laughs> weird, you know what I mean? No, like, yeah, no, I know exactly. About, what you mean. You no, know, like sometimes you watch a movie and you're like, "Well, that movie sucked." And then, like, the first time I watched Blade Runner, which was a few years ago, mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to watch Blade Runner. And when it was over, Dem and I just kind of looked at each other yeah. and like, "Yeah, it was kind of boring." I and remember then, when like, you, as, I remember when you had that reaction. Yeah, to and, it and then I had like, the, and then, like, like the, yeah, and then like the revelation <laughs> happened. And then we're like, you know, we were driving to go get you know, go get dinner or something one night. And then, you know, it was like a few days later and we were just kind of like, yeah, how about that part in Blade Runner? And then like, we just kept talking about it. I was like, yeah, I guess Blade Runner was pretty awesome. <laughs> you know, It's, it's one of those games. It sticks with you, mm-hmm. you know, and not a lot of games stick with you like that kind of mentally and, and emotionally, which is really probably its strongest point for it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
and I and I gotta say this about the game, and I and I can't say it strong enough, and I and I think that uh, I think that they need to be commended for this. I don't think any other game out there. Well, there are other games out there that try this, but I, I think few actually accomplish it. Actually, try to tackle the theme throughout the entire game of love and loss, and kind of mm-hmm. uh, I'd almost call it regret, and almost you know probably regret i guess you don't think uh, god of war covers love and loss no very good? no god of war is bloodlust <laughs> now the, the bloodlust is you know caused by love and loss and all that kind of stuff but that's just, not the main theme of it yeah and somebody else kidding. i was actually thinking about this before i was gonna say it people people will come back and they'll be like well i was sad when eris died or i was sad when alex's dad died in half-life 2 but those, are just, those are just moments in a larger i didn't game. care when this, he died in half-life 2 by the way no. Yeah, people yeah. Are like yeah, but like my nephew was talking. He's like, how about when he dies? Yeah, I was like, I don't really care. It's sad, but it's but this whole <laughs> thing is focused on that that one concept. Right. The one. You know. Right. How about when uh when Big Boss hugs Snake? I mean, come on, I got choked up when that happened. I was. I got. Was... I loved it when Snake hugged Otacon. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, there, no, the, bro, the bro it. hug. Yeah. <laughs> I like the dad son clone hug. That was yeah, my favorite. Uh, my my moment. No, but and you know what? I wanted to. <laughs> Phil, you said something really early. <laughs> Sorry. Philly. Totally deflating my moment. <laughs> no, no, no. Randy, no. I, I absolutely agree with what you just said. I'm sorry. I'm, ma- I'm making light of it, but uh, no. I, I know. I'm I know. totally I'm on board with you on that. I, I, and Phil, you said Doesn't love bloom the... on the battlefield? What's that? <laughs> Doesn't love bloom on the battlefield? <laughs> All right. You said something I'm early sorry. in the podcast, Phil, and I didn't want to interrupt you, but it was something along the lines of, and, and I'm super paraphrasing, and I'm going back a half an hour now. So, it's cool. Um, something along the lines of, um, like, you feel like this is what people want games to be, or yes. something like, like they want that. I feel mature. like that's why people are kind of giving it. Well, I feel like I, I think that. But I think it is. I think it, it is that experience. I think that for, for someone who does want to see that, I think that this achieves that, really. And I feel mm. like, um, I mean, I feel like there's still room for other types of games to kind of try to achieve that. But I, I think this does. I, I don't think it's right to say that it doesn't because it's just a discussion we've had right now. Yeah, I, mean, I guess as we're talking about it, maybe I, I, I guess I take it back slightly. I don't, atta- I don't mean to attack you, and I'm just saying. No, like, no, I didn't want to interrupt you at the time. No, no, that's, <laughs> I'm going to no, come at you like a spider When I say, if I say something like that, please, like, you know, correct it there. But it's probably better that you didn't, because now we had a whole I, conversation about it. And right. Yeah, I, I feel like this game achieves a level of art that um, that is what we want. I mean, this is what we want to see, and I, I, there's room for it. It's an hour long. I mean, you can play. Right. Through this I'm not game saying there's no room for it. I, yeah. I, I didn't mean to say that. I just said maybe that. I was implying that maybe this is not that game, but I mean, if you believe that it is, I, I think that it's it's a step in that direction for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think it's the be all end all, but I think that it it really uh, it does quite a bit to to move things in that direction. And I think people will maybe look at this and then apply ideas from this to other things. And, and as far as they'll put a gun in the hand. And then that's exactly how they can can somebody please make a call of can somebody please make a dear Esther mod where you have a gun. (laughs) I'm sure it'll happen, dude. I'm sure it'll happen. If it hasn't already, they'll have the portal gun in in hand for it. And then just, I don't know, use the Alex model from Mm Half-Life 2 and put her in the game and she'll be Esther. And then you just kill her over and over again Mm -hmm. in dear Esther. The Mm -hmm. call, call of call of Esther. 
but but you know honestly here's the thing I, I and the people that and no offense phil but the people that might be trying to attack this game calling it pretentious or just trying to have it be the game or or be the mature game that it that uh, some people want to kind of happen i see it more of as like this this game is to like a johnny cash love song as like call of duty would be to or call of duty modern warfare 3 would be to like through the fire and flames or something like that mm. you can respect both you yeah. can like both but they are just apples and oranges you know i agree with that and there it doesn't make you less of a man for enjoying johnny cash love songs <laughs> <laughs> so what's the uh, what's everybody's final kind of verdict on the game i mean if if you were going to give worth, it some sort of a final worth buying and i think we need more dear esters Mm. And, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna add that as a sub note that I'm actually playing another game that that is in the same vein as Dear Esther, but instead of like this whole love loss of 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 love and everything like that, this this other game that I'm playing that I'll hopefully do a video review on actually really nails home the concept of a relationship breakup, and it fucked with my head for a day. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the fuck? You, did I really need to play that? It was really good, but did I need to do that? that? No, I really can't. Oh, all right. All right. I, I want to, but it's I really can't. Oh, Fair right. enough. Fair enough. Phil? Um, uh, I guess worth buying for a sale price. <laughs> you pretentious pricks. <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess $10. Like, I was trying to break it down in my head, actually, as we were just recording, uh, thinking about the price. So I was like, well, I guess I spend about close to $10 to go to a movie. That's probably a similar length um so i don't know yeah uh, I, i'm with you on that i i think that's a fair analogy um and i don't know to be honest with you i mean it's, right. it's all for me i spent almost four dollars and i got the game in the soundtrack and that was right. during a sale um i feel like you made I out got, man you made I, yeah out. i feel like i totally got a deal on it <laughs> um right. maybe ten dollars might be a little too high i could see somebody buying this for ten dollars playing it and being like i just wasted ten dollars oh yeah Oh, and yeah. and yeah, I, I can see people. Do and I don't, you don't know, know what you're getting into. I mean, if right. you don't mm-hmm. really, there's no know. way to know what it's what's going on. And I don't know that I could fault somebody for feeling that way. Um, and there's plenty of people that go to. A, how about the people that want to go see that movie Drive that were expecting the Fast and the Furious and they wanted their money back? Remember that? There was that. Yeah, thing. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. you're absolutely right. It, it, it's the exact <laughs> same thing. Um, but you know what? I don't think at the same time, I don't think people, you know, like like we were saying, you got to know what you're getting into before you get it. I don't think that any YouTube walkthrough could really kind of have the same experience for you <clears throat> actually playing it yourself. I agree. Yeah, because I think I think par- a big part of it is moving yourself through that world and kind of looking at things. And, and even though you can't interact, you can explore. And, and there are little paths that diverge from the, the main path where you can kind of go and find, you know, like there's the one you go down and you find like a suitcase that somebody threw off a cliff and it's, mm-hmm. you know, was it his? I don't know. And then you go in a cave and he's built this crazy shrine out of auto parts and things like that. You know, there's, I don't think that watching somebody else play it will necessarily give you that experience. The same I don't shirt. know. If, did he, did he throw it off the cliff or did he fall down the cliff and break his leg? Oh, because yeah, when I right. went there, he said something about how he hurt his leg or something. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Maybe that was it. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, just it's, so much crazy stuff going on. And, and apparently, and, and this will tie into one of the comments that we got from the community, uh, apparently, and, and also you said this, with, with the operating uh, room table, you get different bits of dialogue uh, randomly. So some, all three of us may have heard different things right. here and there at different parts. Um, so that's another, 
could be a strength or it could be a weakness. And uh, I guess we can segue that into the community feedback and, and we'll see what, what oh, these... Oh, uh, real quick. I mean, I, I didn't really say like a, a buy or not. Um, oh, oh, you didn't? I'm sorry. No, I was debating price, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if you are looking for a story and you know you're spending money on a story, then, yeah, I would say check it out. But if you're, like, going in there expecting, like, a traditional video game, then, mm -hmm. you know. Then you might be buy, disappointed. Yeah, buyer beware. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yep. Mm -hmm. That's all. Yeah, I, 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 I would echo that. Uh, so, okay. Let's uh, go to community feedback. We got um, a few here. Uh, the first one is from Just. I'm not going to leave your guys' last names out if you wrote in. I just because I don't know if you want me saying your last name on a podcast. So, uh, so this one was from Justin. Uh, he said, so I'm walking through this whole game, right? I'm walking across a beach, up a trail, through a cave. I'm walking all over the place. <laughs> and then I reach a ladder. And for some arbitrary reason, this is where the game decides, hey, you know what? That's a really tall ladder. How about we skip the whole climbing part and go right to the top? <laughs> yes, good call, developers. After all that exhilarating walking around, I'd hate for you to ruin the pacing of your game with a boring ladder. <laughs> that was the feedback. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo I love that. So, yeah. I so, I wonder if he, like, I wonder if. So, thank you, Justin. He brings up a good point, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, it I guess kind of funny about the ladder too, because I was actually kind of sad when they took the control from me on the ladder. Yeah, you want you want that, that. I want to jump. You Let want that jump. the snake climbing down the uh, down a hallway moment? Yeah, <laughs> you just have to keep <laughs> hitting the space bar over and over again to go up the ladder. <laughs> a big exactly. space bar, a big quick time event of a space bar which is, is flashing on the like, screen. And, and push, you know push, push. <laughs> the snake climbing up a ladder is like one like one of the best parts of that game because you're making them climb up a ladder. No, not the ladder. The the hallway. They're going down the hallway he, where the he's being the microwaved. Hall. You just keep oh, hitting that part. Hitting I was triangle. Of, over oh, and over. oh yeah, that, that part's great too. I was no, I love that. Of, uh, I lo that part snake was eater. effective. Oh, it was effective yeah. for what it was trying to do. I anyway. was thinking of the snake eater. Oh, right, right. When Sorry. he's going up the ladder. Mm -hmm. And you're just yep. climbing a ladder and the music kicks in. You're like, all right, it's pretty sweet. I got you. Yeah, no, I, I forgot yeah, about They should have let us climb the ladder. Got me at a good point. Uh, Thomas uh, <laughs> writes in and says, uh, the game surprised me because I wasn't quite sure if I would enjoy it. But I did, and it felt like a very unique experience. I enjoyed being able to explore the island without waiting for an enemy to pop out or anything like that and being told the story while I did so made it more enjoyable. I also downloaded the original mod for Half-Life 2, and while it was still enjoyable, the standalone version looked a lot better and made the island more interesting to explore. It was also longer. I also thought the voice actor did a great job. However, having said all that, I'm not sure it is a game I could play more than a few times, at least not in a short time period. I think most people complaining about it not being a game are probably people that don't play indie titles or anything that strays too far from their corridor shooters. <laughs> yeah, Phil, you and your corridor shooters. <laughs> and your Mario's. <laughs> uh, Andrew, Andrew H. Uh, left this comment for us on YouTube. Uh, he said, uh, play an audiobook <laughs> while walking around Half-Life 2 level without any NPCs or mobs. That's pretty much Dear Esther. <laughs> I mean, it Wh is, though. It is, while I am a supporter of games <laughs> as art, even though the only games we have that people call art are visually impressive games like Limbo. I don't class Dear Esther as a game. Being able to walk around and press the WASD keys do not make a game. I kind of lie with. I mean, I, I'm not. I lie with that. I kind of disagree with that. But yeah, I disagree with that. I think it's a game. It might not be. A, I think it might not be a. Right. I think his right. description is right. 
<laughs> playing yeah, an audiobook I, while walking around Hampton. I like that. Right. I thought that was pretty but funny. But I, I disagree that it's not. I think it's a game. <laughs> and our good friend Dante, of course, wrote in. Uh, Dear yeah, Esther. Yeah, that's how he wrote, wrote it out. Lots of E's. <laughs> Dear Esther. Kind of butts. Mostly butts. Actually butts. You walk around and listen to a story. I don't have a problem with that, but that means to me that you're judged by your story, which I found to be a bit too vague. Now, that's obviously the point. I get that. But there were still names thrown around that are never fleshed out at anything more than just names. That didn't actually bother me when I finished it until after I was done. I found out that some of the dialogue and some of the sites are randomized in your playthrough, which leads to things being fleshed out that you might not get the opportunity to see. I absolutely hate that concept. This is a story game. Tell your story. Besides that, the walk speed is way too slow, making exploring alternate paths a chore. Also, if you beat a game and don't get an achievement, did it really happen? <laughs> uh, you know what's funny about his comments is that he's basically, I mean, I'm, I'm almost totally on board with him. Um, but I don't mind uh, different bits of story for different playthroughs because this is a very short game. It's an hour long. And mm-hmm. if you really liked it and you want to know more, then by all means jump in there again and, and play it a little differently yep you know i don't mind that yeah yeah this isn't the kind of game that you want to like pick up and play like like oh i just finished it i want to do it again <laughs> like right I, I ended up having to play it a second time because i forgot to freaking save the game and i had to uh, do it the whole, almost all a second time so oh well yeah uh so that's it thank you guys very much for sending in your comments as always we really really appreciate it and uh if you guys great comments too yeah yeah they, they were awesome they were really really mm-hmm. good um and and just yeah they were thank- good it was it was better than the graphics were good yeah no yeah exactly <laughs> and I, I i mean this is a game this game is hard to have that conversation because obviously the graphics are good i mean i think it looks amazing and and it, i could just sit and say that for a half an hour everyone would have turned it off two minutes ago into the show right. um so i know i appreciate the comments really good stuff guys thank you very much um so let's talk about what we're going to play next time here on the game club uh i believe this is very high art what we're gonna play next time. Oh, this is good, like, good. I mean, this is because I, I this high is, rail. This dear is Esther has wet my appetite, <laughs> and I don't think I can go back to playing just uh, other types of games. So, <laughs> well, get ready. <laughs> Double Dragon Neon is that? That's correct. That the is title. Correct. Yes, yeah, and it is correct it, title. It is currently available on the PlayStation Network and the Xbox Live Arcade. Um, so we'll be playing that. Very Why are we playing Mark of the Ninja? What the shit? We're going to be on Xbox Live Arcade anyway. <laughs> Let's play a good game. I already played Double Dragon in 1986. Oh, oh man. You're going to make oh. some cry. <laughs> oh, my God. I would have felt to like, reach through the internet <laughs> yeah. and choke me right there. <laughs> well, that's kind um, of... No, but I am, I am actually really excited about this. So, so right please. now, this game is available for free for PlayStation Plus yeah. uh, subscribers, which is awesome. I'll be playing it for free, so all you guys can have fun spending your space points. Um, space no, but points. <laughs> in, in all seriousness, if you have Xbox Live and you want to try it out, there's a free demo you can play. I don't know how much of the game you get to play, but it might be enough to form an opinion and leave us some feedback and send in your comments. Um, if so it doesn't you, include Stage 2, it might not be enough of a demo, but sorry. I haven't played it yet, so I, I have no... I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, that was just when I started really, like feeling okay. the game. I was like, all right, cool. cool. So, yeah, uh, 
you know, if you're on Xbox Live and you don't want to buy the game, what's 800 space points? So that's yeah, 10, 10 bucks. Points. Yeah, ten. All yeah, right, $10. so it's, it's a ten dollar game, or if you have PlayStation Plus, it's free, or you can download the demo, give the game a try, leave us some feedback. We'll definitely read it on the show. Um, and so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be it'll be a nice change up. It's been a while since. And we've I think uh, there's a patch for online, so maybe we could. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Nifty Swifty. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yes. So let's move on to iTunes and the Zune. Uh, we have gotten some new iTunes reviews, and I'm going to read them because I said I would. Um, these just Some of them just showed up, and they look like they were dated from a while ago, so I apologize if you left this review and I didn't read it. They just appeared the other day, three new ones. So uh, the first one was from Dale. Uh, Dale says, love the idea for the show. Uh, so many game-related podcasts would just rehash the latest E3 news and talk about the game industry in its current state. The Game Club's book-style format lets the host compare notes on the same game that they've all played. Really gets the listener engaged. Either they have played the same game and lets the listener compare notes along with the hosts or the reviewers and hosts' reactions to the games are so well that the listener wants to play the games after listening to the podcast. Keep up the great work. Uh, thank you very much, Dale. That that's awesome. Really appreciate that's that. That's a cool one. I like that. And then uh, the next one comes from Alan. Um, a podcast full of thoughtful and entertaining gamers. Every fortnight they review some. I love that he used Fortnite. Every <laughs> and he used it properly yeah, too. Every fortnight they review some lesser known indie and older game. Uh, it's run like a book club, so you can play along with the show and get in the chat for the live show. Uh, we don't really do that anymore. This was from. This says it was from April. Um, wow. More people need to know about this. Thank you very much, Alan. That that was awesome. And finally, we got one from Lobit Lovecraft. Uh, that's a great nickname. I like that. Uh, the hosts of most video game podcasts are almost always talking about games from a distance, from games they're looking forward to playing to games they played 20 years ago and have completely forgotten to games they actually have played, but they're the only one. So instead of a discussion, you end up with a description. Game Club is hosted by a group who have all played the game in question. They've done it recently, and my favorite part, they always bring a variety of conflicting but honest opinions to the podcast. This is how it should be done, and the variety is excellent. From 90s classics to unknown indie titles, listening to this podcast always makes me want to play the game in question. So, Lobit yeah. Lovecraft, thank you very much. That's awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, re really nice comments, guys. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, to anybody listening, uh, we would really appreciate, you know, if you go out and give us some stars on iTunes and, and some reviews. It just helps us, you know, get up in the rankings, get some more listeners, get more people submitting uh, awesome comments like the ones we got today from Justin Thomas, Andrew, and Dante. Um, really appreciate it. And if you use the Zune, the you know. <laughs> There's the, there's always that. <laughs> I think you can click stars on there. So give us stars on Zoom. You know, and, I, uh, I like the comments that said um, that the show makes them want to play the game. Cause I do too, yeah. Be, yeah that, and, you know, in this case, this episode makes me want to play the game again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even out yet. What? The episode, I mean. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, like, yeah, because now I'm like, well, maybe maybe I was dumb. Maybe I should play it again. Like That's, that's what I'm thinking right now. But yeah, I, I like that the people want to play the games based on when they listen to this because when when we first came up with the game club, the I for me the idea was always yeah we want people to play the games with us, but I always wanted to make like shows that kind of withstood time. You know what I mean? Like if you go back and listen to some other random podcast, you're probably like these guys said you're just going to get news and information from you know April twentieth of two thousand and six. You know what I mean? Like. 
and it's going to be outdated. What I what I always kind of liked about this show, especially when we like feature the music and stuff on like the the downloadable uh, podcast version. Like I like that in my head anyway. This show like they're almost kind of timeless, and you can always just kind of like pick one of them, and you're going to get just that game. And even if we ruin elements from it, like maybe it would make you just kind of want to play that game. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that was always yeah. Yeah, that was the goal, really. So, right. yeah, I, I agree. I'm happy that people are, are digging it, and uh, you know, we'll just keep doing it this way. And and I mean, that's not to say you know, there's there's, I love shows that do game news. Oh, yeah. I listen to you know, and, uh, I don't, and I know you do too. I know you're not just in case anybody's listening. They're like, oh my god, those guys just said that we giant are bomb, above that. Giant <laughs> bomb is terrible because they're doing the news every week. And right. No, and that's not what we're saying at all. Love those shows. It's just that we wanted to do something that wasn't like that, and it was kind of almost like a small little, um, like a, each one's like a self-contained thing, and you right. can just listen to it. And if it's a game you're interested in, cool. Mm-hmm. And if it's not a game you're not interested in, you can skip it and whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I think that's what we were shooting for. So yeah, that, it's great to hear people kind of picking up on that without us necessarily saying it what explicitly. I th- what I think is interesting, especially about the uh, YouTube uploaded ones, is uh, you can see how interested people are in the games we play based on the the views they're very like um they're like all it's not a very consistent like viewership you know what i mean like they probably do see yeah. a game that they don't give a crap about and and they skip it which is fine i mean whatever yeah not interested yeah, in hearing I mean, about cool. that game you know that's what you're going to be hearing about yeah then don't, don't mm-hmm. listen to it yep but so with that being said Again, like we said, we we love getting new listeners, so help us out if you're if you are one of the people who are listening to this through the YouTube channel. You know, uh, if you're not already subscribed to ElderGeek.com's uh, channel, you absolutely should. Uh, there are great video reviews going up all the time, um, and then podcasts like this. Randy does Elder Speak uh, throughout the week, which are kind of also podcasts which do deal with more topical things, and uh, they're they're awesome. You should be mm-hmm. subscribed and checking them all out. Um, Head over to eldergeek.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, We have a Twitch TV channel in which the guys are always streaming awesome games. You should check out. I know there's been a lot of Guild Wars 2 stuff going on, and that is a game you want to check out. (laughs) 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 If I could rope fill into playing an MMO, there would absolutely be a Guild Wars 2 episode of of the game. But, yeah, but that kind of flies in the face of the types of games we try to do for the show, so that, that won't happen, but... Uh, regardless, the review is up for Guild Wars 2 on OuterGeek.com, so go check that out. Well, guys, I think that about does it. All right, sounds good. Everybody, check out Double Dragon Neon. Send us your comments uh, at ElderGeekGameClub at gmail.com or send them via Twitter at ElderGeek.com or post them on the website, Facebook. Post them in the YouTube comments like Andrew H. did, and I'll grab them and I'll, I'll read them on the next episode. So thank you guys very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you in two weeks for Double Dragon Neon. Phil, Randy? In a fortnight. In a fortnight we shall return henceforth. Thank you very much.
come back. <laughs>